Hello and welcome back to Discussing Art. This is the beginning of my second season. I'm so excited to be back with you after all of our adventures on the blockchain in the last few episodes. And what really brings me a lot of joy is this season, I am going to be focusing on a lot more interviews. In the last one, I showed you a lot of screen shares. We got really wonky. We talked about how to look at contracts on Etherscan and go through history. But now we want to actually bring that history to life talk to some of the amazing people in the space. And one of those amazing people in the space is Will Pimble. And I'm just gonna let him give his own intro because I feel like people know their own history better than I can regurgitate a couple lines of your uh, elevator pitch. So <laughs> sir, tell us, why is it that we see your name all over LinkedIn talking about Web3? Why is it when we're looking for that transition from Web2 to Web3, do I keep seeing your name pop up, sir? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, <clears throat> so there's a, thanks Thanks for having me, Jeremiah. Um, <clears throat> there's, an, there's an old movie, an old Bill Murray movie called Groundhog's Day. And it's 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 been around a long time, but it's it's Bill Murray classic comedy. And there's this there's this one scene where he's, he's talking to uh, Andy McDowell, the girl in the movie, and he, he's, and she's like, so he was like, I know this, I know that. And he was just like, he knows everything. And, um, and, and she says, so you're, are you saying you're like God? He was like, well, not, I'm not saying I'm God. I'm, I'm, I might be a God. And then he goes, and then he goes, but look, here's the thing. <clears throat> Maybe God's not that special. Maybe he's just been around so long that he knows everything. <laughs> so, <clears throat> So I think if if I'm special, it's because of that. I think if I'm special, it's because I've been around so long. Um, you know, I started in I started in the internet business in the mid '90s, right? Where I would where I was setting up dial up internet service provider companies and doing networking and you know getting things as fast as ten base T across copper wire. You know, it was very 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 early on, and it was always super exciting and super modems. interesting. Pardon? Those four forty baud modems. Yeah. Yeah. 440. I wish 56 K baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we were like so excited to get this box. It was, it was, I guess it was a box about, it was like a box about that side, right? That's a, just like a mining rig that's sitting over there, but, um, but it was a box about that side and we were thrilled that it had, that we could stack 24 56 K modems in this box. Right. And so, and then from there to frame relay to web hosting to giant you know hundred million dollar data centers and and so on and so forth. But like I was I was around with my gang. We were we were around building you know web zero point eight, and so so we were there for zero point eight. We got into web one point when we started doing web hosting, and that evolved into web two, which is which is basically. <laughs> You know, if you're a programmer, you're you know, web one is like static content and web two is like, ooh, APIs generating, you know, dynamic and CRM and all of that. And then if you're a cynic, the difference from web one is um, in in web one, the person looking at the screen is the customer. And in web two, the person looking at the screen is the product. <laughs> and so <laughs> so that's what that's one of the one of the things APIs and analytics got us is it got us like into the heart and soul of the viewer where we could change the world to either either match the viewer's opinions or challenge the viewer uh or or you know get me to hate you right that's that was one of the great successes of of web 2 and i don't mean it in a good way obviously yeah. but, and um so anyway and now here we are in this web 3 business and we've got blockchain and we've got nfts and we've got cryptocurrency and we've got all of these things but um most of the people that i talk to um most of the people that I talk to talk about Web3 being a brand new language and it's super exciting and it's super cool and this blockchain thing is amazing and NFTs are fantastic and all of that. And uh, I'm looking around. I don't, know, I don't know if I have one in my phone right now, but uh, but um, oh well, we'll start with we'll start with blockchain, right? And so but I disagree with that, by the way, right? I don't I don't think that uh, I don't think that Web3 is particularly new. I don't think it's a brand new language. I think it's a new dialect of a language we've been talking since, you know, Xerox Park 1974. Yeah. Um, and, but the difference between me and most people is like, most people weren't alive at Xerox Park 1974, right? And so, so and, and unless you were alive during a time when something happened, it's history and it's imaginary in a lot of ways, right? And so, so like, I'm, I'm a true internet native. I never, you know, I was around for all of it. I was around for the very beginning of it. I built a company called web.com, 
which started in the, the basement in my, in my house in Connecticut today. I started in the basement of this house and, and grew to be the 19th biggest web hosting company in the world. Um, and, and, you know, again, we built data centers, we built software, all of this stuff, but it's like, but you know, just going back to Bill Murray, I'm not special. I've just been around. (laughs) So, so, so yeah, so that's kind of, that's how I got here. I got here just cause I'm along for the ride and I'm, and I'm curious about new stuff. And I always want to know what the new cool thing is because I'm good at integrating. I'm good at building. Uh, so that's so that's kind of what what got me here is I've dude I've just been here. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel that, and I definitely understand that too. I I have uh, some of the not quite the deeper roots, but I feel I'm very a uh, web native, and I really like the way that you described how the difference in the technical difference in web one to web two, which is exactly what you're saying. First, we were accessing data. Second, the data could see us back. And, but, you know, from the cynic, and I was like, I think I'm a cynic. I was like, <laughs> I was like, in my head, a lot of times I would describe the difference in web, web one and web two. And I think a lot of people still frame it this way. So that's why I really enjoyed the way you put this. I think they just think of it as the difference of, you know, going on the internet and then social media being web two itself. But what you're actually saying makes more sense because what, social media also existed at a time when it couldn't look back at us too. It was just a website essentially we were going to visit before they were studying us back so much. So that yeah. really, I like, I like that separation and that, that, that really drives home another part of why what you were talking about with web three, not actually being new. It's new because it feels new to people who are just entering it, or it feels new to people who have no back history. But you know, for me, when I'm looking at smart contracts, I'm like, this is like Windows 98 dots, you know, Windows prompt. Like, this is easier than JavaScript <clears throat> and you know, yeah. and programming and and forward facing and integration and like this is easier than that. It's really. C++. It's Stone Axe, you know, <laughs> programming. I mean, it's like it's it's ridiculously simple. And then on the on the one hand, right. And so if you're a coder and you look at this and you're like, come on, really? It's like this is what it's like. We're starting here, okay. And then you look at the user interface. It's like, okay, connect your wallet, jeepers, creepers, right? It's just like so. So all of that <clears throat> is the reality of it. And then we see, um, you know, we see, we see like the ethos or the vision or the hope, which is, which is awesome. Right. I love that people look at web three and see a whole bunch of shit that just is not there. Right. I love that they see, you know, freedom of commerce and I can make it do anything and a decentralized organization. It's like an automated thing. It's like, it's not, you can get, you know, talk to any business person and see if they want to run their real business as a DAO. And the answer is categorically not right? I mean, first of all, I can't think of all the things that might happen. I can't think of all the Boolean nonsense in the future, nor can anybody else. And so like the best you can do is think up 17 or 18, maybe 20 things and then make poor decisions in advance, right? That's, that's like, that's not how, you know, that's how mobs work. That's not how organizations (laughs) work. So, so, okay. There's, there's reasons and there's, there's use for it. Um, and 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 i'm really i'm stoked that it's become you know i'm stoked particularly about nfts how nfts have become a place where artists can can get a voice because one of the things that i think is that is is particularly broken about the world of art and the world of music is that the artist and the musician what do they get you know, like maybe 2 3% of the whole deal authors too it's like you know I mean, authors have blogs, and so that's kind of changed a little bit. Web two solved a whole lot of the blog, uh, a whole lot of the author stuff, um, you know. And it's like, you know, fuck you, I'll publish my own book. <laughs> and so that's it's like, yay! And now we see, now we can see that in with with certain kinds or some kinds of artwork, and we can see that with certain kinds and some kind of music and movies and all of that sort of stuff. We're we're just scratching the surface. So I love that. I love the idea of putting a bunch of music producers out of business because they're they've they've you know, they've had their fun, right? It's time for them to let the the people who create do it. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you're a musician, you may or may not be like a, a rock solid coder or a data center runner or a business person, right? Those skills have value too. So it's a, it's a really, really cool time um, to watch this technology unfold. And, and by really, really cool time, I mean, from 1974 to now. It's a really (laughs) cool time to watch this unfold.
Absolutely. And I have to agree there that watching the transitions and I, you know, I study a lot of these verticals as well. So, you know, I can, cause I come from music and, you know, and I come from yeah. a film background, I was a television producer for a very long time and I was, I've been, played in lots of bands. I've been punk rock bands. I'm a DJ. So I've, you know, DJed for, you know, hip hop groups, DJed for, nice. you know, in, like, you know, house music and stuff like that. And watching those transitions, when we went from CDs and then burning CDs to, you know, that's when I felt like I had the most power in that era was right? burning my own CDs, making my music, selling my music out of my trunk, you know, like the best yeah. thing I could get on burn, on a multi-stack uh, burner so that I could burn sure. copies and then on my own printer, printing off the labels and then selling it, completely commoditizing my own stuff. I felt like I had the, so much power there. And then things moved over to the torrent system and MP3s. And when it moved over there, I felt like I had power to share my music, but I also felt like the power got taken away from me. And I don't think it felt like it came back when we got to streaming. And that was like the least powerful I felt as an artist and a creative because you had to basically license off everything just to get a chance for someone to see your work. And maybe that chance turned into something. But for most people, you became a tiny cog in a giant wheel of like UMG or something like that that has you know, hundreds or thousands of small artists that it's allowing licensing through these sub these sub labels, but they're not getting practically any part of that pie. So like you were saying, when they, when they, they made that transition and I've been talking to artists, they're like, well, how am I going to get in? And some are just like, well, I'm just minting my, my, you know, music as an NFT. And then others are like, well, that's too complicated. So they found platforms. Like I think the vault on Solana is one that I've seen that's worked well for some people yep. where the technology is basically built all front end for them the way that they kind of understand it from web two or from web one even, but they can go and ingest their music into that platform and then focus on a niche and just be like, instead of trying to scream out in the darkness, Hey, I made a song. They can talk to their 50 best fans every time and get those yeah. fans to engage with their music and grow something really exponential from there sometimes. So that that's been beautiful. And yeah, I love that transition there. Cause I also wanted to talk about your transition, you know, to, um, you know, with web two, you had a lot of prominence come through with YouTube and I wanted to mention Coaster Dad because uh, <laughs> you may be well known, you know, to some of the circles around here. But I definitely want to make sure people do know who we're talking about and what that means. Um, can you just kind of mention Coaster Dad. And I'm just going to play without sound uh, your intro video here. Okay. <laughs> play without sound. <laughs> just kind of lets you talk yeah, over. Here's some of the silliness. Oh, there it goes. Oh, this is great. And <laughs> yeah, there's my thing a little welding in the garage going to see some roller coasters here and there taking the kids bringing some cameras big thunder mountain built that roller coaster for a friend of mine let's go skydiving how does that work this is the steel cart on the first coaster drop tower at knott's berry farm and then and then i have my friend lael made us a cool logo and we had it animated and and all That's of that so cool. um, well can you tell me a little more about you know what you know, really sparked this and where, where it kind of went with um, what you, how it relates to web two and your career and, you know, uh, the influence you may have, you know, had to, to have a good voice to speak to people online, just the little in, ends on that. Sure. Sure. The, well, well, all of what you just saw um, was, you know, and my, <clears throat> and my YouTube channel and everything, all of that just grew out of, of just my, my absolute love of being a dad and having these, having these like, you know, these little critters running around that just like wanted to play all the time. Right. And it's just like, Hey, let's do this. Great. You know, it's like, cause I love to go, I love to play with all, you know, it's like, I'm, it's, it's hard for me to sit still. Right. Um, um and so, so growing up, we would we would do all sorts of crazy fun stuff with the kids. We would go to museums, we'd do this. And one of the things that I learned as a dad early on is if if like say say the Chabot Science Center in um in in the Oakland Hills in San Francisco Bay Area, Chabot Science Center has an awesome um an awesome museum. They've got a really cool planetarium, they've got telescopes and spacesuits, and there's all sorts of incredible stuff. They're closed on Mondays. And so what I did one time was I called the Chabot Science Center and I talked to one of the people there and I was like, hey, my name is Will Pemmel. I'm just a local guy and we're, you know, I'm making some videos with my kids and everything. They're really interested in science and space and you have a planetarium. And I wondered if we could maybe meet with you sometime on a Monday when you're closed and, and take a look at like the control room of the planetarium. And, um, and they said, sure, absolutely, that'd be great. And so we got to go to Chabot on a Monday when it was closed. My kids got to sit at the big desk and they got to drive the, the planetarium for a little while. 
And, um, you know, the video was tragic because, you know, it's very hard to shoot things in dark rooms. <laughs> you know, you, you learn. But, but, but that wasn't really the point of it. The point of it was to get my kids and any, you know, and they, I think they each brought friends and everything, as many kids as you can, get them access to the really, really cool stuff. Show them the guts of what most of us just, just enjoy as spectators. Let's get behind the scenes. How does that work? And, um, and so we've been inside the control rooms of roller coasters, inside the control rooms of planetariums and all sorts of stuff. And we would just, we would, I joke around with it. We would make videos of those kind of things and coaster builds. We'd, I've built five roller coasters for the kids and, and, and me. Um, <laughs> the, the joke that I tell about that was like the first time Lyle, my son, uh, this was almost 10 years ago. The first time Lyle said, Hey dad, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we had a coaster in the backyard? I, I thought two things at the same moment. I thought if I do this, we will have that experience forever. I will, you know, he and I will take that and, and, you know, and Ellie and Liz and all the kids in the neighborhood will have this forever. And, and yeah, I'll be the center of attention and I'll get, you know, all of that, but, but like, we'll all share this and he'll, when he's 40, he'll talk to coworkers and friends about his crazy old man who built this thing. Um, and I thought that, and I was like, okay, so I'm doing it. And then the other thing I thought is like, you know, and I, it was, this would also be just be like, it would just prove definitively once and for all how much better of a dad I am than my brother. And, um, and so, and, and, and Larry and I are very close and we love each other very much. And we're both, we're both highly competitive. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, and he wins at a lot of things. And, and so, so, so that was kind of the, the vibe of it. And, and so we put up the videos to show Grandma Lois and everything, and that just kind of took off, right? Hackaday, um, Hackaday found it and retweeted it. This guy named Guy Kawasaki back then, he found it and retweeted it. Good Morning America came to the house. Netflix, the, the last coaster I built, Netflix filmed it. And so you can you can go to, yeah, yeah if you just oh, yeah. Google Netflix roller coaster, you'll find me there. Um, but but all of it, it, then and now, all of it is about you know showing kids just how cool the world is and just how close that coolness is to all of us, right? You don't have to go to Six Flags to get the feeling, right? You don't have to be special or rich or an engineer or any of those things to, to really get into to the stuff that makes life amazing, right? The stuff that makes rockets and airplanes and, you know, trampolines. It's just like, there's no end. Yeah. You're so right. You know, and that's so true because it's that imagination that I think really drew me in because, you know, I've also been an artist my whole life, you know, in different mediums, whether it's pen and ink or just drawing when I was a kid on the back of folders in high school or, you know, as I got, you know, into my my career of, you know, creating storyboards for films and then creating 3D art and getting into all those different fields. And I think it was also those passions that drew me into the world of crypto art. And it's kind of the same in there. You're talking about, like, you know, I, I done, you know, a lot of YouTube videos. I did mostly, I would film, um, I'd film live artists doing behind the scenes videos of acoustic sets, you know, before they went on stage and stuff like that and music videos and, you know, short films and, you know, existing in that web two world and doing digital products so people could, you know, even learn and educate about that. But it wasn't until I really started to understand the crypto art world, which is like late 2020 and then really jumping in in 21 that I started to see that I could also build something that I didn't have to worry about whether YouTube was going to still be around or whether Yahoo would still be the most prominent search engine or whether AOL would be my internet provider. Because as I'd seen those things change and going through storage, I'm a storage nerd. So I, you know, when I'm back, you know, back to those, um, those CDRs that we talked about and then to flash drives and then to spinning disk hard drives and then to solid state hard drives. I've always tried to take, I've taken data and I've moved it along that line all the way from there, from the nineties on to now. And I still have some of those datas that I've kept moving and moving. And now since we get to decentralized data, that was the last piece of the puzzle between art and creativity and storage as nerdy as that is that really put the pieces together for me and moved me into wanting to be in the nft world and nft community and so that really brings me to ask you the same question like as we start talking about an nft project that you are leading part of i would love to know how 
you know, the, the conversation went that made you want to be a part of that? How did you come up with the ethos behind why you're making this project? Because I see there's a strong, you know, conviction behind the project. And also what it is that, you know, you're planning to do with the project, you know, as it relates to, you know, arts and utility and those types of things. Sure. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so the first, the first thing I'm a management consultant and I help people with technology and business strategy and all that. And so like my grown up job is I'm, I'm talking to grownups all the time and they're asking me very important business questions about their very important businesses. Right. And, um, and I, nobody is more surprised than me to, uh, to find me in this job. Right. <laughs> cause, cause you know, I'm a, I'm an idiot, but, um, so, but I appear to have good ideas. I appear to have good problem solving. So, so, Along the way, over the last over the last year or so, really, along the way, um, my clients have st had started asking me. It's like, hey, what's all this crypto blockchain stuff? And I was like, you know what, dude, I've, I've like I've been through enough of this. I'm really hoping I can just like you know wrap up my career without learning anything new. And and, and um, I was like, so maybe just like you know go find somebody who's 25 and ask them. It's a much better idea. And um, and so I I just blew it off. I was like, no, this is like I don't. I've I've like I've already lived through an entire career, an entire successful career where the first question any customer asked was, so what is a domain name anyway? Right. And so like, so look, I spent 10 years answering that fucking question and it's hard to answer that question. It's hard to build user interface to make that easy for people. And it's hard to change the minds. And the second question, by the way, was, isn't that kind of a scam so, it, so like, you know, when people is like, hey, can you help me with the crypto blockchain? It's like, no, dude, because I'm fucking exhausted. I just like, I've done it and I don't want to do it again. And that was my, so really and truly, I didn't want any part of this business. I wanted to leave it to you, right? Because you're young and strong and you can figure it out. <laughs> and, and, and you will, right? I'm unnecessary. I am I'm a redundant component in this world. And then, so, so I shut the first client down. He's like, all right, fine. I'll find a 25-year-old. It's like, good answer. And then, uh, and then, you know, next client, I just kind of visit with my clients about once a month. And so like, you know, a couple of weeks later, I'm talking to other clients like, you know, I've been trying to figure out about this, uh, this crypto blockchain stuff, particularly NFTs. What's that all about? I'm like, you know what? It's, you know, find a 25 year old. And I, and I told him the same thing. And then the third time it happened, um, I, I kind of have a rule in my head where when, when I'm asked a question, that I don't want anything to do with. I shut it down. It pisses me off a little bit. I shut it down and I shake it off and I go, whew, that was close. And then the second time I'll shut it down and shake it off. And I was like, oh, golly, I hope that doesn't happen again. And then the third time it happens, I take the hint, right? The third time it happens is like, okay. So it wasn't Corey who was asking me about crypto blockchain NFT. And it wasn't Phil who was asking me. It's the universe that's asking me about this because if two questions, if the same question comes from two different people, two different geographies, two completely different industries, then I need to listen because it's, it's, it stops being about whether or not I find this convenient. Right. And I'm like, okay, fucking fine. Right. And that's just <laughs> like, fine, I'll learn it. <laughs> and so, and so I jump in and I, you know, I call my friend Nick and he's a technical guy like me. And we sit and we dig down and we, we, you know, we, we go through the whole thing. And I love things that are super, super simple. Right. I, I think if you really understand something, you should be able to explain it to a five-year-old or a, or a, at least a 10 year old. Right? So we go through it and, and I have, and I, and you know, first, the first thing that the first problem that I ran into, which is the first problem that everybody runs into is um, the word blockchain. So, so for example, if you didn't know anything about um, the planning organization, location, scheduling, purchase, and uh, disposition of goods and services, across multiple continents. If you had never had anything to do with that, and I said to you, if you never knew anything about that business at all, and I said to you, supply chain, you would immediately know what I was talking about. Even if you knew nothing about how supply chain works, you would say, oh, wow, it's a chain and a chain moves, a chain conveys things. I guess it's a chain of supplies. It moves things from one place to the next. Well, okay then supply chain. Awesome. 
Easy peasy. And then we can go from there. It's like, okay, now let's talk about some of the nuance of supply chain. Let's talk about enterprise resource planning. Let's talk about just-in-time manufacturing. And those are those are subsets of supply chain. If I were to say bicycle chain, that's just easy, right? We don't even have to talk about that one. If I was to say roller coaster lift hill chain, you'd be like, hmm, roller coaster has a hill. It does get lifted up. The chain must be the thing that does that. Now, if I say to you blockchain, here's what happens. You can't even help it. And it just happened to you a little bit right now, even though you know what I'm talking about. You know what a blockchain is. When I say blockchain, your brain turns off certain parts of itself because that's the instruction that the word block gives to your brain. So, so the word blockchain disengages the very thing that we want our audience to use when we talk about it, which is their fucking mind, right? Um, as you can see, I am disappointed by this, right? Because, because you know, I'm a writer. My dad was a writer, and, 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 uh, and words are super important. Words and phrases and terms, a, a, a term, an industry term, a vernacular, should be designed to inform the listener about what we're talking about, supply chain, right? I say supply chain, that opens up a whole conversation that we can talk about how to move supplies from one place to the next. We're inspired, we're tired, we're whatever, but we're thinking about the thing we're talking about. I say blockchain, my next question is what? What's a blockchain? Right. Oh, you can't make a chain out of blocks. That doesn't fucking work. Or a block is something I trip over or a block is something I make a wall out of. There's another great metaphor. I could go on for a while, as you can plainly see. Um, and then if and then if we set up an NFT project, what's not what's an NFT? Oh, well, it's a non fungible token. Well, let, let's talk about the definition of this archaic word archaic in the English language um, in, in uh, etymology. Archaic means unused anymore. Let's go dig up an old fucking word that doesn't mean anything to most people so that when we say non-fungible token, we cannot worry about what an NFT is. We can, we can dig in for a while about the definition of the word fungible. <sighs> Discord, bro, if you look it up, means argument. Mining, for the love of God, could we, you know, why don't we call it murdering or seal clubbing? Right. It's like, oh, I'm mining cryptocurrency. Oh, cool. You know, so would that be strip mining or hydraulic mining? Uh, <laughs> it's like, Our branding in Web3 is terrible. Oh, my God. And, and I have and I have reasons. I have I have some reasons why. And, and the reasons or, or I have some theories they are just opinions in this. And everything I'm saying here is just just my opinion. Um, I, but one of the things I think is, and it, you know, my end, the end of this rant is is that, um, you know, Nobody ever went broke because they tried to make their customer feel smart. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, a great many people have gone broke trying to make their customer feel stupid. And my worry about Web3, this new dialect, mm -hmm. is that we have chosen as many words and phrases as we can to make the customer feel stupid, to confuse the issues. And when somebody goes to, when somebody something goes to that effort to make something confusing, it could only be for one of two reasons. A, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And I don't think that's the case, right? I, I think the guy who made Ethereum is probably pretty smart, right? Um, or the things being built aren't that revolutionary, special, you know, tectonic, right? So, Let's are go we, back. Yeah, are we obstificating? <laughs> yeah, you think. So, so what's a blockchain? I've broken it down to three words, and you don't need one of them. <laughs> so, so I can I can tell you what a blockchain is in three words, and I don't necessarily I don't absolutely need one of them. It just makes it more of a sentence. Um, you you want to take a crack? You want to explain? You want to take a crack at it? Or you want me to tell you? Man, tell me, yeah, because these are got these are going to be great words, and I, I think strung together they make more sense than even by themselves. Well, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm wrong about all sorts of things all the time. Um, but the, the three words that I've come up with to try to describe blockchain to somebody like in a, in a coffee shop is, you know, it's like, what's, what's the blockchain? It's like, well, there are many. So a blockchain is an encrypted 
spreadsheet. Full fucking stop. That's all it is, bro. It's a database. That is true. It's, and but but like, oh my god! And every once in a while, I mean, I've got a, I've got like a, a meme that I put up every every you know, it just like cycles through the social media. It's like explain blockchain in three words, right? Yeah. And uh, and and it's very very hard to do if you stay married to the idea that it's this revolutionary new special thing because right. it's not bro it's a fucking database yeah that's so that's all that's so true and when i describe nft like you'll like this then the way i always describe it, i was like it's not art it's not you know a, a piece of real estate that somebody is you know put on the you know the blockchain it's none of those as an nft is a certificate of authenticity and that's yeah that's where i full stop yeah. on that like fungible <laughs> fungible <laughs> fungible fungible <laughs> non-fungible yeah right it's unique verifiably unique that one is autographed that's what makes it different and it's autographed by putting a line in an encrypted spreadsheet that's right. Yeah. And that's really all that's happening there in a very, well, not even in a simple way. That's all that's happening. <laughs> no, that's, that's the whole thing. And so, and, and, and the really cool part of it for me, right. And so, so like I'm talk I'm speaking at uh, NFT NYC in a couple of uh, weeks. And it's funny because I filled out the speaker application form as a rant, because you can see, I like to rant and I, and I basically wrote down you know, they're like, well, what's the title of your talk? And I was like, selling NFTs, the perfect storm of miscommunication and mistrust. Right. And so that's the title of my talk. And it, and it was, you know, it's clearly a fuck you title. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, I, and then I wrote a lot of what I just, what I just yammered to you about. I, and, and I wrote the thing. I was like, basically it's like, we're doing everything we can to make people right. It's like, you know, it's like here, you know, I like you take my profile picture and then you take a, a, a picture of somebody wearing like one of those mouse heads with the X things and the ears on it. It's like, who are you going to hand your fucking money to? Right. This clown or a human person whose name is Will or whose name is Jeremiah, right? It's like, come on, guys. It's like, do you want it? What's more important? Do you need the world to feel stupid so you feel smart? Or do you need the world to trust you and want to be involved in your in your awesome stuff? Because all of these people, and it's and it's because the folks who built this are so blindingly smart, right? They're incredibly smart people, but like, and you know, and so are you and so am I. And, you know, I spent my high school years not having the best time because of how smart I am. So I get it, Mark. <laughs> right? I get it. I get why it's, it's nice to see the stupid feel stupid, you know, but I also know you can buy things with money. And so, and I also know that like making people feel smart is first of all, it makes you feel better uh, than revenge. <laughs> and um, and it's more likely to make you successful. Yeah, yeah, so. I totally get that too. And I, that you know, that's something that you know, in my in my work and my practice of um, running a you know NFT community in real life at nftatl.io, um, that that information asymmetry has been my thesis the whole time. Is uh, I came in and we did a we did a conference in February of twenty uh, twenty two. And it was a two-day conference where it was just a giant brain dump where I started off with the what is an NFT and what is a blockchain for people in real life. And it was my first big opportunity to share with my community in real life because I've been sitting in those dark crevices of Etherscan all night looking at stuff for so long. But with the pandemic and the other factors you know, that were at hand, didn't get to really be in real life and connecting with people one-to-one -one on those same subjects. And it came like my edict when I did that in February. I was like, oh, I looked around and I saw the feedback I was getting. And I was like, we have like 12 months to really inform people that would like to be a part of this before that information asymmetry kind of goes away and bigger big names and big people and people in the space will figure out that what we're doing is revolutionary but it's revolutionarily simple it's like yeah it's accessible yeah. if you know a couple of very key little things and that's the information i've been trying to get out to my community especially to underrepresented you know artists especially to young people and older people and to yeah. poor people because like i see when they make that connection they're like wait I actually think I can get in here. Yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, that's that's that one of the cool things about um, 
about about like so so again the you know the web one to web two web one anybody could put up a website you know we all had sort of an equal voice web two you know google facebook apple right there's like six companies and um and now web three we're we're kind of sort of there's this idea that's like you know now anybody can put up an nft project anybody can do DeFi. anybody it's like i can do i can do finance stuff and i don't have to i don't have to pay you know 12 percent of what i'm earning to the bank for managing this i can do that shit on my own and so and so if web one is anybody can do it and web two is there's a dozen corporations making uh directing and managing all of it and web three is anybody can do it. What do you suppose web four is going to be? That's a good question. Is that when the centralization takes a, takes it away from us again? Yeah. So you think Google's going to sit back and say, oh yeah, well, it was cool. It wasn't it fun while we last. It wasn't it awesome when we ruled the world. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That's so not what's that happening, bro. <laughs> I remember when I, me and all my friends abandoned MySpace around the exact same week, like 10 day stretch. And because they're like, oh, Facebook's so clean. Nothing's in your way. I can actually get to my people again. It's so small yeah. and niche. No one knows about it but us. We feel so hip. And then eventually, you know, in today's world, people even yeah. listening to this right now are thinking Facebook is for old people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Facebook's for my dad. There was a time. <laughs> Yeah, so I definitely want to flash and actually show your uh, a page for your, um, you know, and you walk me through just a little bit of your NFT project too, because sure. cool, I, I think on that rant too, I didn't quite get to what your actual um, mission is behind this, but I do see there's a very strong mission behind what you're wanting to do with coaster punks. Yeah, it's it's um it's a big thing. So 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 the the coaster punks project started because um like like most things I do, it, it either starts because of like you know. A, a silly what if kind of a question or just a straight up dare right um and so i've got a i've got a warehouse i've got about a three thousand square foot warehouse which is kind of my workshop and where i play um build crazy stuff uh working on a ping pong ball rain machine at the moment we'll talk about that another time but i was talking to somebody on zoom and and they were like where are you i was like oh it's my workshop because my garage got too small and you know and, and it's and so it's like 55 feet by 55 feet and it's got 25 foot ceilings it's really really big and um and we were also talking about roller coasters all the different private roller coasters that have been built in the world and there's a guy who built one that looks like big thunder mountain and i built mine and it's really really fast and cool and there's all sorts of different ones and i was and i'm like we we're talking i was like you know it would be cool because this is like this is just like a big empty box here and we could control light we could control the environment and all of that stuff it would be really cool you know if we made like a space mountain kind of roller coaster uh in this room and and the difference between me talking about that and most people talking about that is if I did that, it'd be the sixth roller coaster I built, not the first. Right. And, um, and, and so, and then the other difference between me talking about it and, mo and most people talking about it is like most people would talk about it over lunch and be like, yeah, that'd be cool. And they would enjoy it as a little thought experiment and then go back to uh, their world. But I couldn't get the thing out of my head. Right. And so, because, you know, I love Space Mountain, right? There's a, that particularly the part that goes up and the room spins a little bit. And I'm just, I, I freaking love it. And so I'm like, oh my God, I want that so bad. And and then I've got more and more clients asking me about NFT blockchain and all that stuff. And I hear Gary V yammering on and on and on about community, community, community and all, you know, and all of the things. And then I, and so I put up a video, I put up a YouTube video on my channel. I was like, hey guys, I'm thinking of doing this, but I'm a roller coaster and then I'm going to fund it with an NFT. What do you think of that? Boom. NFT, fuck you. That's a, that's a terrible idea. You, I can't believe you did this. I'm out, right? And you know, just boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it's just like the shit storm, the shit storm of NFT. Yeah, it was. A, I was it hurt my feelings a little bit, yeah. right? Because like, I've been delivering for this community for near a decade, yeah. and um, but <clears throat> but okay, listen to the universe, right? That's way more than three people telling you exactly the same thing. And so NFT mistrust, straight up, that's a scam, right? Nobody knows what it is, but it's a scam. Yeah. And so, okay, fine. Um, I give it, I, th I think about it a little bit more and a little bit more. And, and, but now I really want to build one because I want to learn what is this, what is this Web3 culture about? How does it work? How do we bridge the gap between the early adopters? you know, borderline fanatic early adopters and just like regular folks, right? And and how do we manage 
How do we manage our way through, I don't know, the Securities Exchange Act of 1933? That's also a really good thing to puzzle over. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to be on the uh, Truth Doubt at the end of the week talking about that, right? Because I all, once upon a time, I was a stockbroker, so I actually understand some of those things. Um, but, but so we built the thing and I kept coming back to, like everybody says, community, 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 but, but nobody really goes much farther than that. Right. Oh, you really need community. Oh, it's really important. I built a really great community and my project worked out fantastic. And, um, and, but that's all I get. Right. I know. And so it's like, if somebody tells me the beach is awesome, I'm inclined to agree. It's like, it's like, oh man, you got to go to the beach. It's so awesome. Really? How do I get to the beach? It's like, it's so beautiful there. The water is blue. It's like 70 degrees and you can lie down and you get a little umbrella. If you don't like too much sun, it's like, that sounds fantastic. How do I get there? Right at the end of the beach, there's this coffee shop and you can go sit there and they'll make the best espresso in the world. It's so delicious. Cool. That sounds good. I love coffee. Can I go? How do I get there? And the women, you know, it's like, dude, I get it. The beach is awesome. How do I fucking get there? And that's what nobody's telling us, right? It's And and the reason is that, I mean, you can probably think of more people than I can, but I can think of like, off the top of my head, I can think of two people who are doing NFT stuff and have a community that been, they've been working on for more than 10 years, Gary Vaynerchuk and me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, so he, so that's the thing is how, how do we, and I don't know the answer to this question, Jeremiah, and it's a, and it's a good question. I'd love you to talk about it some, because yeah. if I want to build an NFT project and, uh, and I don't have a community, is it possible to do those two things? Can you lift both of those super heavy things at the same time? That's yeah. a really important thing. Right. And then, and then that goes to like what you're scrolling through here is like the, the roadmap, right? Right. Yeah. How can I trust your roadmap? Right. How do I know you're not talking out of your ass? It's like, well, you know, know? I've been around forever. Google me. Yeah. I know how to build roller coasters. Google me. Right. I'm financially sound. Google me. And, and, and by the way, like in our, we're the, one of the things that we're going to do. So we're going to build this roller coaster, I guess we should say. Part yeah. of the NFT project, right? And it's, we're we're raising money, right? That's yeah. what we're doing. We're this is a this is basically a crowdfunding thing. You'll get an NFT. It'll be it'll be a collectible, but like we're not, you know, you're not going to make money by sitting back and doing nothing because that would be a security, and that's not what this is. And so you might you could maybe go and resell it if you did the work to go and resell your Coaster Punks NFT. Right. But but what we want to do is we want to build that coaster. And it's going to be like a space-themed indoor roller coaster. And so there'll be a motion simulator that takes you to the moon. And then we're going to build like a full-on lunar habitat inside yeah. the warehouse. And you'll get to hang around. And it'll be like museum-level exhibits and learning that happens there. And then you'll get on our little spaceship, which will be the roller coaster. And then that'll bring you on like a super adventure ride back to uh, ride back to Earth and that, and so we're building that whole thing. We've got, I've got, re, we've got Disney Imagineers working on this That's thing. So you know, we've got boring. Universal Studios ride ride designers working on this thing because they're part of the community. They love this stuff. You, they can't help it. They have yeah. to do it. And then we're gonna, because of all the the environmental stuff, we're doing two things because of the environmental stuff. Um, I think we're gonna use seven twenty one a smart contract, which you can batch process, and so we can save gas batch processing. Uh, those things, um, and uh, and and so we're gonna so we're gonna use that. And then the second thing is we're gonna build a two hundred thousand watt solar farm on the roof of the warehouse. And and if you're not familiar with how solar stuff works, a two hundred thousand watt solar farm is enough to power a four bedroom American home for four hundred years. That's how. Uh, so that much wattage, that hardware, which lasts a solar a solar panel lasts about twenty years before you got to replace it. They're they're pretty durable. So yeah. two hundred thousand watts, one four bedroom home, four hundred years. Uh, so it's a lot of electricity, right? And we're just gonna we're gonna put it up there, and uh, and and maybe we'll make it even more than that. And then the other thing, the cool, really cool thing about it, because we want to we want to teach kids. So we're so we're roller coaster physics built. We're science built. We're sustainability electricity built. 
one of my friends is a, a lady named Carrie Byron, and she's one of the original Mythbusters. Um, and so Carrie owns a company called Explore Media. And Carrie is, uh, she heard about this and she reached out and she's like, hey, man, you're going to build this roller coaster? Are you crazy? And I was like, well, yes and yes. And um, she's like, that's great news. I would like to make an educational TV series about it. I would like to ex executive produce that. And my company, Explore Media, streams to 2 million middle school and high school kids across the United States. And we want to stream this content to our 2 million and growing audience of kids who like science and are in school. Yeah. And so, amazing. so like, and that, and so that's like cool. Right. Um, and everybody I talk to, and if, and if you're the first, I'm, I'm looking for the first person to go, eh, you know, whatever. Um, but everybody I talk to about this project, yeah. roller coaster people, science people, education people, NFT people, crypto people, they're all like, dude, that is awesome. <laughs> right. And, and here's, here's what I've, my notion about why is I think it's awesome. And I think it has legs as just a straight NFT project as a straight, you know, web three cultural thing yeah. because it's 80% project and 20% NFT. Right. So my NFT project, 20% NFT, 80% project. And I think that's a really good test. If you think, if you're thinking of doing an NFT project, you have to ask yourself how much of it is NFT and how much of it is project, how much of it happens in real life and how much of it is for this community. And by the way, is the community real? Are they like flesh and blood human people? Are they excited about something beyond, you know, the the nft which nobody right. really knows what it is and by the way the nft isn't actually the thing you buy it's the image in the meta blah blah blah, blah. you're right and you so know so that, that shit is complicated but what's not complicated is we want to build an awesome roller coaster and we're going to have a we're going to have a, a probably a month-long launch event so anybody who buys the nft is going to be able to ride this thing right you're we're going to be invited to the party i ran a i ran a uh uh this is a big, again going back to bill murray I was yeah. chief executive, uh, chief operating officer of a of the biggest event company in California for four years, right? So, like, I've run, I've I've like run Oracle Open World, right? Like, produced awesome. that show, and um, <laughs> and so like, we're throwing a party, bro. How do I know I can throw a party? Because I can throw a party for a hundred and thirty thousand people on Howard Street in San Francisco. Yeah. I can I can throw a Black Eyed Peas concert on Treasure Island. How do I know that? I've done it. Done it. So again, <laughs> so like, so so again, community, credibility, trust. Those are the those are the crucial crucial things to an NFT project. And if you're okay. promising that you're gonna, oh no, I'm gonna build a community along with alongside my NFT project. Really, what are you gonna do? Solve world hunger, baby. I'm like, okay, heard that. Yeah, just saying. Bill Gates has been working on that for 40 years, and for he's billions. He hadn't made a dent, really. Yeah. Uh, he's smart and God bless him. And thank goodness that he is, but that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure, you know, your ape is going to do that. Right? <laughs> and um, well, I'll definitely say, um, and it comes to when I evaluate, you know, like what's going on in this, because I, I do pride myself on knowing a lot of blockchain history and trying to look backwards in the history of NFTs all the way back to 2011, what we still think of as like the earliest stuff at the moment <clears throat> so that I can look and see well, what have we tried, you know, and what's done well, you know, and what has really worked. And I do, I like the things that I find are, are good hallmarks are not, you know, a non teams that are essentially creating an ICO offering. That's what I've seen a lot of an ICO right. offering with a piece of art attached to it no real idea what's behind it except speculation and that to me isn't even an an nft project as i identify it in the long-term history like if we look back 20 years from now when we look back at the history of blockchain most of those projects won't even appear on most people's timelines because no. they won't even be a blip even if they had this tremendous run up and run down in a very short amount of time but yeah. what will last and what will be there are People, even you know, individuals like yourself that are just frankly legendary coming from their different places and building a solid community that understands the value. And again, going back to what you're saying, this is a an opportunity to be a part of what you're doing, not 
an NFT project, as they say. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is, this is a this is a you're you're expanding your community. In my opinion, this is an opportunity to expand your community, not not a um, a transition of your community to a different place. And I love that because it's more it's inclusive and inclusivity is a huge part of why I love Web3 because there are opportunities to tap into people that may not have had opportunities before. And that's why I do like your leadership in that. And I can even feel like your reluctance to be like, this is not a conventional like you, like for me, you don't have to sell it as not a conventional NFT project because I look at so many and evaluate so many. I see that the differences are in, OK, there's a non developer and a non marketing team doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff to try to make you think there's a presence. Maybe they've run up their uh, Twitter score to 100,000, but none of that actually translates to anything but a bunch of bots. And when <clears throat> people interact with it, even the people interacting with it are using bots to help things look different. And so, yeah. and, and you know, from an outside perspective looking in, those projects weeks later and months later seem obviously flawed. But these types yeah. of projects that, you know, that come from a heart of you're going to build a roller coaster, whether people are necessarily enamored with your NFT project or not. What the reason they should be enamored, in my opinion, is because you're not just saying I'm putting a thing out and I make roller coasters. You're making a roller coaster. There's an opportunity in the Web3 space to interact with what you're building through that. It kind of reminds me of VFriends in a certain way in that way as well, because it's like, <laughs> here's an opportunity for me to expand what I'm doing, you know? And so I, yeah. I like your direction with that. And I, I appreciate your uh, transparency on what you're putting together. And I appreciate your forward look that you're like, I want you to come with me, but I am a train who is going to be making a roller coaster. <laughs> it's, it's like, we're going, we can't, we can't help it now. <laughs> but I like, I, I love, I, I went to VCon and yeah. I bought, I bought yeah. my VCon NFT and I bought it, you know, I think it was like, you know, 0.2 or something like that. And, Thanks. um, but now that the conference is over, my VCon NFT, I didn't I haven't looked for a couple of days, but like the last time I looked, the floor price of my my used ticket was like 0. 0.4. Right. So my so like it's, it's like it's one of the most valuable digital assets I have. And and the reason is not because of the art. The art was so what? Right. And our art, I'll show it to you if you want. Our art is kind of like, yeah, it's okay. It's, you yeah, know, it's good. We're proud of it. Yeah. But, um, but that's what it is. It's a, it's, it, that's a piece of, that's a piece of history. That's a piece of the story. Like Liz and I, we've been going to CES and trade shows forever. And Liz has a box of lanyards. Right. And, and Liz just loved that, that like my, my ticket for this show was an nfts it was like oh my god that's so cool and um so but if you want i'll show you real quick i can show you because i've got it right here on my uh let me see if i can pull it off here let's see share screen uh ba -ba -ba -ba. all right yeah i know i know oh i'm thankful for these technologies too because i can remember just a few years ago how challenging it was to even do some of these share screens and move things around yep okay you see this guy yeah totally here, do you okay so so this each of these bits and pieces here, um, you look over here, right? We've got all of this and I'm, I'm like pulling it together. Here's, here's like full on alpha stuff for you. Right. And so like, so like you see the crew lanyard disappears. So right there, he's got that little lanyard that reads crew, right? Um, if you get the, and this will be, this will be like one of the rare things, but if you get the, if you're, if the one you get and everybody, they'll, they'll all be priced the same and they'll reveal after you get it. Um, if you get the crew lanyard, we're going to ask you to come and be part of the crew for the TV show, right? And so let's like come work with Carrie, work with the Explore Media people. You know, you're going to be you're going to be just like getting the business. And so so you're on the crew. Um, one of the things you'll look at this one. I'll see. I'm trying to see if I can find them here a little bit. But um, but just like looking around, you see the little airplane up here yeah. in the upper right hand corner. The little airplane is um, we'll, we're actually going to give you a flying lesson. We're going to, we're going to like send you up in, into an airplane because learning to fly an airplane is the first step of becoming an astronaut and becoming an astronaut is the first step of becoming an interplanetary species, right? We need astronauts. We need people who fly. And I know, you know, I'm a pilot, I'm a commercial instrument pilot. And, you know, for a long time, I know that you can learn things about the world, your life, yourself, others 
by flying that you can't learn any other place. And I also know that most people think that shit is completely inaccessible. Most people think it's like, oh gosh, flying, I could never do that. Dude, go to your local airport with a $100 bill and you can fly an airplane today, right? And so we want to demonstrate that. And then I don't have the art for it yet, but the other one will be a, a skydiving lesson. So you'll either get the, you could either, not everybody will get them, right? There's rarity involved and this shit's expensive. Um, but, uh, but that's, but that's one of them. You see over here, Aristarchus Electric. That's the name of our um, imaginary electric company. That little green triangle there, uh, Aristarchus Electric. Uh, you could, you, we can name a solar panel. We'll name, we'll name a solar panel after you because we're going to have about four hundred solar panels, and so we'll, we'll name one for you. Um, and then also lower right hand corner, habitat floor naming, and so you might, you might have this habitat floor name, uh, like uh, the. Um, like the little bricks outside of Disneyland, right? And so, yeah. so you can dedicate a you can dedicate a habitat floor tile in our lunar habitat. Heaps of swag, right? There'll be moonshot t-shirts and hoodies, coaster punks t-shirts and hoodies, Aristarchus t-shirts and hoodies. Our smart contract will talk to an API that'll just like ship you your stuff, right? And so, um, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not certain, but I'm pretty sure just like everybody's going to get merch. Everybody who buys the NFT is going to get merch, and it'll be actual real life um, stuff. Um, looking at the chest of the person, um, of our character here, and there's all sorts of different, uh, all sorts of different characters, obviously, but looking at the chest of the character, um, Disneyland VIP, we're going to have a bunch of Disney. We'll have like, you know, again, not, not thousands, but dozens of Disneyland VIP tours. And that's one of those like, you know, $700 an hour, uh, tricks. And all of the, all of those things are for two people, for you and a friend, because I really believe that experiences that are shared mean more and last longer. So all of these are for two, right? And so you and a friend can have a Disneyland VIP tour. You and a friend can have a Hollywood studios VIP tour. Those little four pips across his chest on the right-hand side there, that's, that's just rank insignia. And so, so this one is a captain. Um, the three would be a commander, two would be a Lieutenant. One would be a, an ensign. And so you'll have, so, and those are just, they don't have any value except it's like, there'll be a lot fewer captains than ensigns. Yeah. Um, and then this one on the right-hand side or on his left shoulder, right above the word moonshot, that M, that's the golden ticket. That's, that's you and a friend get to be the first ones to ride the ride at the launch event. And so you get to come to the pre-party, you get to meet the team and all that sort of stuff. And so, um, and so there's, all sorts of uh all sorts of different um all sorts of different different uh stuff there oh they, you, there's a little frame i don't know if you see the little record frame turns on and off um if the if the record frame that's called the cameo which means you get to be in the last episode because we're going to film the last episode of the series at the launch event so oh. if you get the cameo you'll be invited and we'll fly you to uh we'll fly you to the event and you can come and be part of part of the tv show and you can be in the show and you know and you want to bring your friend or your mom or whatever that's 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 cool too um but all of these all of these different crazy uh all of these different crazy things here and then if i turn off the solar farm there's yeah. different different backgrounds and these are all photographs that i've that i took <laughs> So like they're terrible, <laughs> but I took them. <laughs> so, yeah, they're they're terrible, but I took them. And so like just these like cr crazy background, you know, roller coasters, right? So there's like there's my first roller coaster that I made. And so they'll just be different backgrounds. That's the that's the coaster at Cedar Point that that is the that my logo is that the coaster dad logo is based on, and you know, so on and so forth. But but we've got so so again my nft art is not you know it's not it's very representative it's, it's representative it's 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 a communication thing. right yeah. but again my nft art is 20 percent, you know nft and 80 percent. what's going to be part of the art and it was yeah. and it, you know you you talk about you know the, the name of the show is discussing art mm -hmm. it wasn't until the third roller coaster that i ever began to entertain the idea that i might be an artist Right. Oh, cause yeah. like, you know, cause like I'm an engineer, I'm a businessman, I'm a dad, I'm, you know, I'm a lot of things, but I was, and then I'm like standing out in the yard one time. It's like, Oh my God, you're such a great artist. And I was like, it's like, you know, damn it. I am an artist. <laughs> so it's like, I was like, I'm going to own that shit. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it's just like my art is really, really big, but, um, installation. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, but that's, 
that's the whole thing. And so, so as soon as you get your NFT, as soon as it's revealed, yeah. um, you'll know what all the perks and prizes are. And, um, and, and then if you're, you know, in, in terms of like, is it a collectible or whatever, if, if, if you're in LA and the coasters on the East coast and you can't make it to the launch event and you got the golden ticket, well, you know, I personally know people who would pay tens of thousands of dollars for that first ride. I mean, when we, we did an event at my house, when we, when we, when we had a launch party for just a little launch party and about, we didn't let, we weren't letting kids ride the thing, you know, because it was at the house and all that. We didn't want to scare the parents and everything. And especially like high school kids, there was a kid who came to the party who was uh, 18 years old and Lyle was um, 16 at the time. And this kid, he goes over to Lyle. He was like, he's like, dude, you and I are about the same size. I will give you my driver's license if you let me ride this ride. <laughs> and, you know, Lyle is like, I don't need it, man. I get to get a ride anywhere I'm going. And I was like, oh, God, you're so cute. But, <laughs> so, but like, so, so those things, those perks and that access and everything, those are going to have incredible value to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and then there's some so some other really really cool stuff about the project that I can't that we're we're just about to roll out and everything. But we've but what we've done is we've tried to take the the community thing very very seriously. And like you said, I mean you and you said it better than anybody I've I've spoken to. We want to we want to bring this is a great opportunity to like go to the NFT crowd and say, dude, look how cool physics and science and roller coasters, look at how joyful this stuff is, right? And we can bring them in. Yeah. Right? And um, and so I'm really stoked about that. And so we're we're really working hard to deploy community in a way that'll grow the hell out of it and and make the tent bigger. And because I'm technical, I've I have no doubt that this is going to be like, you know, I can, you know, I can run hundred million dollar data centers with millions and millions of, you know, services and customers and all of that sort of stuff. So that shit is like falling off a log for me. Yeah. We've got some really cool new tech that we're going to roll out that nobody has ever seen or done That's before. Awesome. And um, and then and then the rest of it, I'm also incredibly open to, you know, learning and I want to know what I'm doing poorly. I want to know how I can make it better. And uh so so we're just I'm, and most of all, the thing that that's like laser etched into my head about this whole thing is this whole story is going to get told to 2 million high school kids. Yeah. And next year it's going to get told to another 2 million kids and right. 3 million kids and 4 million kids. Cause that the way we're documenting this thing, and it's going to be like, you know, PBS level quality yeah. and, and, courseware we're going to write a textbook to go with the series that's awesome and so it's going to live so much longer than me <laughs> and so like yeah, and that's really really important so and then and then we're also you know we're also financial people right and so we're going to take this we're going to take this coin we're going to take this money and we're going to manage it well and this isn't and so next year we're going to do some other crazy ass project, right? So yeah. this is just the beginning one. Every, the, the gang is already, it's like, so what are we going to do next? I'm like, please don't, let's not talk about it because if you get me excited about it, I'm going to lose focus. So like when I'm not, no one's allowed to tell me a new idea until this was done. <laughs> get this knocked off the board. That is yeah. really important too. And I, you know, I really, I'm excited to see where this goes because you are taking something that you've grown and, you know, and it's got such, already got great legs and incorporating the Web3 aspects to it. And like you're saying, like there's so many opportunities for community. So as we as we round out here, how can people get in touch with you? How should people interact? Where would you send people uh, to find the best information about you? And what do you uh, yeah, what do you want, want people to know in the end? The easiest, quickest, the easiest, quickest thing, just the single thing is just go to coasterpunks.com. You can, you can see the project. You can follow me there. You can do the discord. You can do all of those things. But if you go to coasterpunks.com, if you, if you, if you really want to get into it, click the reserve button, give us your email address and your name and your wallet ID. And, um, and, and then you'll be on the, you'll be on the, the, the public premint list, right? Oh, look, you're already in. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, so we got you. And so go join that. And then, and then if you want to like meet the actual human people who are involved in this thing, there's like a whole darn list of them that are all there and they're all real folks and they're all qualified and they've done awesome, amazing stuff. And, um, uh, and so, so yeah, so 
that's the way to go. Go to coasterpunks.com, join the gang. Uh, we we're we're very excited about this. We've gotten such just like insane uh, response to the thing. Well, after seeing all the the way you're doing the levels and how I love this because like you were saying, you know, this is more like a membership experience that you're kind of expanding. You know, it's like almost in my head, it can be an, an alternative to other fundraising sources like a Patreon or a Seed and Spark or these other platforms. And those platforms, I don't feel have really made the transition even fully to a Web2 environment in ways they're kind of behind. And so that's what I love seeing the innovation level and something else you spoke about, about being open to where the project goes. It's that innovation level. You have to try things and then experiment with it. And the other thing that um, that really came to mind when you're talking about the exposure that this series will have over time is if you have these high school kids who are thinking about engineering, they're thinking about Web3 technology, they're thinking about, because of the aspect you had about being a part of the cinematography itself, they're thinking about being a part of film and TV world. They're thinking all these possibilities in career center wise might be open to me. Whereas when I was coming up through college, you know, through high school and going towards college, I had to kind of fight to find my technology in route that seemed accessible. Yeah. And so there are a lot of interesting, you know, things that you you open up those minds. And I love that because, you know, I think that our, our you know, our kids are the ones that are the most vulnerable to getting left out of Web3 right now. Because to your point, if Web4 take, takes it away from us or recentralizes it, or who knows what happens, we yeah. don't want these amazing intuitive kids. And I've met 13 and 15-year-olds who've been Salinity developers for two and three years. Yeah. Like, and they're it's like, amazing. This and this. I'm 13 and I'm in here. And I'm like, okay, my friend. Like, yes, you are. Yeah. So, and like much respect to what you knew. Now may I ask you a technical question? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Could you please help me now? <laughs> yeah. So I love that. And, you know, thank you so much for coming on Discussing Art to talk about this because I would say, too, you are a technical installation artist on a huge degree. The type of technical installations you are doing uh, remind me of when I've seen incredible art in a gallery that's suspended in a really, really precise way. And if it hadn't been mounted and put in that way because of the physics involved, it would have, you know, it can't actually exist in that way. You've taken that to an absolute extreme. And you're, I mean, these are, you know, these are also living in an environment as well. So I love that thought of it. So you sir, are quite the artist. And I think again, you know, long after you know, where they're telling stories about what we've done here that, you know, they'll be, they'll be still seeing these art installations and understanding them. So yeah, that's, that's what I really love about this. And so I just want to say thank you for being on the premiere of our second season as well, because this is the type of engaging conversation that I love to have. And I hope that our viewers and our listeners really get a, a good sense that, you know, the positive part of Web3, the inclusive part, the community building part, it transcends whether you understand what the blockchain is or whether you understand NFTs fully. And it really is more centered on building something together in, you know, what is it that you know about? Okay, fine. Come towards us. That's all we're saying. There's some yeah. place for you in this world. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. That's it's a, it's a big, big toolbox and we need, we need builders. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Will. And thank you so much to our listeners and to our viewers for watching and listening to Discussing Art with me, your host, JL the Artist. And I want you to come back and listen to our next few episodes that are going to be very special with some other incredible guests. And if you hear about anything really cool that I should know about, please hit me up, leave me a comment, follow me on social, find us on our podcast, and tell me something really interesting that you learned because I love learning myself and I will always be a constant learner. So I will be here for you if you're here for me and we'll all be here together and join back on our next episode of Discussing Art. Thank you so much for watching.